0: Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. Today's guest is so inspiring. He's got some very, very unique talent and ideas that he shares on screen. He's a writer, producer, an actor, and director. His directorial debut came about with his award-winning promotional short, Modern Living and You. I've got to share some stuff with you about this. Anyway, this film has heavy ties into his full feature, Roach Motel. And we're going to let him talk about that as well. He is primarily known for being behind the camera, but is really known for his role in Truly Madly. And he is also known for mixing different art styles and filming techniques with his love for philosophy and psychology, and this is where it gets interesting. Welcome to the show, Lucio Fonza.
1: Thank you so much. It's, It's such a pleasure to be here, Rebecca.
0: I am very happy to have you on the show. I have had an opportunity to see your work, and I've got to tell you, when I was able to see one one star of the show with a narrator convey what it did in such a short period of time, I was mesmerized. The audio on it was fabulous. The acting in it, the narration, everything I think that you wanted to convey and maybe even a little bit more was absolutely there. Tell me how you got started. Yeah,
1: so I, for about five or six years, I have been trying to um, write something that mixes my love of philosophy and psychology and my love for film, really. Um, and so, you know, I there are so many projects that I had shelved uh, before going on to Roach Motel because it came down to, well, this is interesting to me because I, I love exploring different genres uh I, I had one that was uh, Fun I, I wanted to explore uh, That Fellini Federico Fellini style oh, Yes, <laughs> But you know it, it was finding a way To kind of adapt that Into a modern Type of setting that that was what I Found very difficult and while some of those Things were interesting to me I just couldn't find A way to make it interesting to a General audience uh-huh. Um So that could be tough. But with Roach Motel, it didn't take me too long to write. I had initially wrote that uh, way before Modern Living. And Modern Living was, um, it was a very, um, it happened right before we uh, started shooting. I wanted to do, because we had with Roach Motel, we had one short teaser. Mm -hmm. And what we wanted to do was test out audio and um, video and how we can make something feel and sound as if it is of the time period which it takes place. Mm -hmm. So I quickly thought of those um, PSAs of the 40s and the 50s, and this having um, I wouldn't say themes of communism, but communism being a running thing, uh, more of a probably a MacGuffin not a good word, but more of a running theme throughout the film. I decided to make this solely about more of the point of view of two characters that we get to see in Uh the feature film although these characters you know the narrator and um the star of the short film modern living in you they do not come back in the feature but okay they are it's basically a metaphor for a relationship that we see throughout roach motel and with that, we got to uh, w- the philosoph- philosophical. Uh, the philosopher I'm looking to explore in Roach Motel is uh, Sartre, Jean Paul Sartre, which we hinted at a little bit with Modern Living and you, uh-huh. but we mostly focused on John Berger, who was a uh, this art critic who was talking about the you know the male gaze uh, even before it had gotten that terminology back in the seventies. And (laughs) it was, it it was very interesting uh, seeing, uh, reading uh, the ways of uh, seeing. And that was what really uh, influenced it. His, his thoughts in that book. Um, Now with Roach Motel, I do want to, Keep a, a few things underwrapped, a few uh, a few of the yeah. themes. Um, yes, it, it's gonna. It's fun exploring Jean Paul Sartre, and in, in, in a way, in the way that we're doing, we explore his ideas of bad faith, and um, you know the the big. I would say probably the biggest theme in this is a sense of purpose these characters are they're burdened by a sense of purpose they're weighed down by this Mm -hmm. sense of purpose they are looking for meaning in a chaotic universe and why are these characters living in bad faith and what it comes down to is well with what bad faith what we uh what jean paul sartre defined as bad faith is uh he had this quote of uh or, yeah existence precedes essence mm-hmm. and what he means by that is freedom is daunting and it is it's just it's It's scary, and due to this, we can feel abandoned by this chaotic universe. So, because of this, we try to we try to avoid our own freedom. Do we truly want to be free? And oh, uh, go ahead.
0: You know, it's just what's coming to mind is the actress first expression or maybe lack thereof when the narrator brings on her role as sort of a housewife and that's where the freedom is because there's a question that lies right there and you just see this just sort of this blank realization that there is something other than what she had been living. Right. right. That in itself was just so precise. And such insight into what you were trying to convey. I mean, I caught it right that second. And now I was, I mean, just hanging on it from that point on, where's this going? What's happening? What am I, what do I need to grasp within this? And I will tell you, I mean, it was just, boom. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. That, yes. That's
1: exactly what we were going for. I <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: I, I thank you so much. I'm I'm glad you caught on to that. Um with that, you know, we had body language I believe is very important uh within films. And so I was very precise about the body language and, you know, Cindy, she was, uh, she was wonderful. And so was Jeremy. Um, they were wonderful in their roles. And I would d- directing uh, Cindy and directing Jeremy the way that, how I would tell her to look and how I would tell her to stand. I I want these characters to convey a certain emotion through physicality. And you know, that being said, these actors that I'm working with, um, they are able to convey this in ways that, you know, I, I don't have to direct them, where they will just do something and I'll instantly latch onto that. And, you know, I I I love moments like that. um, You know, it's just um, it can really just make the scene.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thinking about how succinct that when you get something that truly encapsulates what you want to convey, it allows that movement and that fluidity to go throughout the rest of the film and also leave at the very end, something for more, should you want to further develop something from that particular work of art?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, exploring uh, these different ideologies and different films that have influenced me and my style, you know, I would say uh, some of the biggest influences on roach motel is uh if you remember key largo with humphrey bogart or oh yes uh, akira kurosawa's high and low badlands um his girl friday that was a a big influence on the dialogue and how i write it i mean there are just so many uh i you know i it's fun getting to take certain scenes um to pick out different scenes and sort of recreate that in my own way. Uh That's, that's always something that I love to do. I I've always been someone who really wears my influences on my sleeve and just getting to, uh, inject that into this film has been wonderful.
0: I love that. And I am thinking based on the dynamics of the different genres, the different aspect between art and philosophy and psychology and the dynamics thereof that you're going to gain and be able to share new insight into personality, behavior, and um, internal things, whether it's um, on, I, I won't go too far in there. I'm going to leave that to you, but I, I can see some things that can sort of be brought out that have not come about in a way that you're already starting to convey them.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There is, um, you know, I've talked a lot about Sartre uh, with our next film, but there are many philosophers that we have, um, that we briefly bring into the film. And I say briefly, because we do really want to focus on you know, one ideology and not kind of Mm -hmm. have this mixing bowl. But I would say, uh, just getting to play around with different philosophies has been, uh, just an absolute, an absolute blast. And I mean, showing, uh, it's It's fun to really get into these characters' heads a bit,
0: absolutely, yes,
1: Enjoy them, yeah
0: so do you think that one of the things that fostered your interest in developing it the way that you have was an early interest in psychology or the arts?
1: I would say uh the arts probably came first and okay. uh, you know the philosophy came after and because film can be a lot more than mm-hmm. what it it can be a lot more than what it seems and film can have so much depth to it and that's what I want to bring to it. I film uh in the future, I mean, I'm going to explore, if I can, different philosophers, many of which, I mean, some of these philosophies I don't agree with. Um, some of these philosophers in general um, that I'm wanting to explore, I may not agree with. Sure. But if I only explore philosophers that I do agree with, it's there's not going to be too much to go on because it's just going to be the same thing. So I want to broaden, I want to broaden my horizons with this and kind of challenge myself uh, with these Mm -hmm. different philosophers and their ideologies, because that's what I'm looking to do with these films is challenge the audience in a way. And I, you know, the cast and crew that I'm working with, they've been, absolutely wonderful and i i was in the beginning specifically looking for theater actors since this is very influenced by uh theater yes i uh you know i don't want to say which play it is but this is more of a loose adaptation of a certain play uh it's it takes influences from many other plays but for the most part this is a very um absurdist film and the thing about absurdism and uh in plays it is incredibly hard to adapt okay and it finding a way to adapt these absurd plays has been very challenging, but I would say it's very, um, I am pretty satisfied with how I've done it. Uh, it can be challenging because, you know, with film and theater, you have these two different, these two different, um, Platforms and with theater, it's more relying on character and characters mm-hmm. than it is with story. And film is can rely on character, but it primarily we have to have a story with fluidity, a story that makes sense, something that we can follow that's well structured. Theater doesn't really have to do that. So absurd plays truly play around with this, and something like Waiting for Godot doesn't really make sense the way a structured story does. Uh It is on purpose. It's what Samuel Beckett intended. Um, Things like uh, The Maid, you know, that doesn't make sense, or The Rhinoceros. And there is a purpose for it um, because life doesn't make sense. So why should these stories make sense? And so these playwrights, they play around with that. And having that and playing around with that into a different medium like film it it can be challenging but when you structure it to a point where it is fluid and it can follow these steps of absurdism it can be very interesting and very Mm -hmm. very jarring but not in a bad way interesting kind of jarring
0: I like that you're sharing this with us and I will tell you why this has been the hundred dollar question, uh, figuratively on Rebecca sounds probably for many years now, because I will have had actors that come on and they'll share that they've been, uh, both a stage actor and on film. And I'll ask them, which one do they like better? And it, and what makes it different. And you just gave the best definition of, of the difference between the two and why it's so important, because it's not just about that you have to project more or make the character a little bit more animated so that people way back can see it. I mean, you're talking about things that are very, very uh, specific to what the playwright or the writer of a film wants, wants the audience to grasp from that or what they can sort of create from that. And so I love how that you have shared this. So I want to ask you too, what would you like your, those that are out there watching to learn from this and how can they connect with you?
1: Oh, you can uh, connect. Through, uh, through Instagram at Inkwell Fonza. Uh, you can connect through Facebook uh, out of the Inkwell Productions. Um, you can also connect through my LinkedIn, which is Lucio Fonza. Um, hmm, yeah, my IMDB.
0: Yes, your IMDB. And we can see your work on youtube as well there's a lot of a lot of that out there if you look up inkwell in itself you're gonna find a ton of information in addition to that can we be on the lookout for something coming out here soon or in the next couple of years
1: oh i mean i sure hope so i hope we can get a roach motel out there soon um i've love doing interviews. I love meeting and talking to different people and building up my connections. Um, But yeah, Roach Motel is uh, the thing that I'm really, you know, attached to right now. And and that I've really been promoting at the moment. Uh, But yeah. um,
0: Excellent. Excellent. We're going to focus on this, Lucy. I mean, we got we've got to get this out there because I think that this is an absolutely different way that people need to go internal, and this is fresh. It's exciting. It's mm-hmm. uh, the way that you have presented everything on screen is so succinct, and I'm all for that because that tells me how important it is for you to do what you're doing and the message that you want to get out there. And I love that. I I am 100% for that. So many people think, well, I, for a feature film, I need to have an hour and a half to two hours. So I've got to come up with fluff and there's uh, stuff where people are getting up and they're going to go get their popcorn or they're just, you know, kind of checking out and checking on social media. They're not there, but you're delivering something that is so engaging. You don't want to miss any of it. And you know that even if I were to watch it again, I'm going to pick out some more things. And every single, every single second of the scene is intentional. Yeah. Thank and this you. is oh, yeah. I just love it. I absolutely love it. So we're going to talk more. I know that your time is very valuable. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. You are coming back cuz I've got so much more oh, that yeah. I want the audience to pick up on and you've got to deliver. So <laughs> I am just so thankful you were here today.
1: Well, thank you. It was such a pleasure being a part of this uh this podcast. I know D Wallace came before me, so I hope I you know, I that that was a you know, big character to come after. So I hope I kind of, um, I you know, I hope I made up for it in a way. I hope well, it wasn't a disappointment.
0: Let me tell you, if uh, if we can uh, have the. If we can have some things, some footage to attach to this, we are, we're going to be golden. I got to tell you. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to have you back again really soon. And I am just very excited about your work.
1: Absolutely. It was wonderful be- beating, being on and I'll be back soon.
0: And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Rebecca Sounds Reveille. Oh, boy, have you got to connect with Lucio Fonza. I'm telling you, this is new. It's fresh. It's exciting. Drew me in. And I'll tell you, if you've caught my attention, there's, there's something in that. So make sure that you get that out everywhere you can on social media, your friends, your family, everybody that you know, and everybody that you don't. Thanks for tuning in. you oh.